It can only be closed cell. Thank you. Two pound density closed freaking cell. Or I'm going to hunt you down and say bad things about you. This is the one and only, the original podcast where you can find yours and your business's true value. You're listening to Our Value. Brought to you by America's insulation source, IDI Distributors. You want to hear from the best contractors, suppliers, and consultants that dedicate themselves to more than just survival in the business world? Industry professionals that are dedicated to excellence in every aspect of their business? Our Value has them all here to share that same motivation and knowledge with you. Tune in and grow a more successful, profitable, educated, and recognized business. Listen to the Our Value podcast to become the industry leader in your market. Find your value with Our Value. Well, guys, we have a tremendous treat for you today. In fact, we have the doctor of building science, Mr. Building Science Corporation himself. Dr. Joe is joining us on the R Value podcast. For those of you that don't know him, Joe's been at this about 40 years. I still remember the story, and I'm hoping to get him to agree to another podcast about 40 years ago, living in his parents' basement, trying to tell the U.S., uh, group of engineers had to kick off Congress, but he has been at this a long time. Building Science Corporation is one of the greatest resources. I teach about it at every single class and show you how to go in and search their documents, but they have done so much for the industry in terms of sharing their knowledge. Joe, by the way, thank you for for making the information you guys have found available to the public. I just think that's fantastic. Well, you're you're, you're very welcome, and, and- um, believe it or not, the more you give away, um, the more it comes back to you. And so he says, well, how come you're not having stuff behind a paywall? And the answer is, well, that would be dumb. Um, by telling everybody what's going on, you're more likely to get work to do further work. And so it's been very profitable for us for, to, to give away stuff for free. I know that doesn't seem to make any sense, but absolutely. Plus, I owed it to the to the old guys that taught me. They, they adopted me when I was a young, snotty-nosed kid and, and basically more or less kept me out of trouble and, and told me really lame jokes that I now repeat because I'm a grandfather. <laughs> I like using those on my grandkids, actually. <laughs> so let me ask you, on the new stuff, what do you think of these new codes where we're looking at R60 and ceilings? We've got R25 walls in Zone 5. Um, what do you think of the changes that we're seeing in the 2021 codes? And do you think they're going to stick? Yeah, they're going to stick because everybody feels, you know, guilty for climate change. I don't view this as the right approach, but I mean, why do you super insulate and make your building ultra tight and then overventilate it in a stupid way? I mean, it's like, you know, <laughs> dig a hole, fill it in. Um, uh, and, and it's going to lead, it leads to, you know, amazing problems um but having said that um get used to it um you know the difference between an r40 roof and an r60 roof is inconsequential the difference between you know an r30 wall and an r40 wall is is inconsequential you know if it was up to me i just simply say have better windows and have fewer windows and you know don't overventilate. And if you're going to suck, make sure you blow. So you have balanced ventilation and put in some heat recovery. And then you can argue about whether you want to ban gas or have electricity. So, or, or what? Yeah. 
I'm surprised by electrification, you know, when when you bring that up. I, I really am surprised because in my generation, it was, you know, moved to gas. We don't have the capacity to heat the country with electricity. Where's the electricity going to come from? Um, you, you ponder that. And oh, we're going to do air source heat pumps. But where it's cold, the air source heat pump is resistance heating. I mean, what, what, you, you, you know, these people are on, 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 on drugs, right? So I'm like, it's going to be, it's, it's, it's spectacular. And try to find a reasonable air source heat pump, hot water heater, which I think is a brilliant idea, but try to find one. You know, we'll, you know, we'll mass produce them. Yeah, just like, you know, like the COVID test protocols, right? They're, they're all they're readily available. You know, it's, you know, it's easy, to, easy to mandate stuff. I know I'm going to get into trouble with this. That's, that's, no. So do you think net zero is next? I mean, there's been a lot of talk about it over the years or net zero ready. Do you, do you think we're really going to go all the way? Yeah, I, I, I do. I mean, our house is net zero. You know, we renovated an 1840 barn house in New England. And so if people think that it's easy and if they think that it's cheap, they have no freaking idea because they've never done it. I've done it. And we've done it on a couple of houses. Uh, our, our our daughter's house is, is for real net zero, not not simulated net zero. Like we actually measure, you, know, you actually measure stuff. It was hard. We can do it. It's just not cheap. It's not easy. It's not quick. You know, stop whining. And get on with it if you're going to do it. <laughs> so, do you think we're getting better at healthy buildings? You know, you mentioned, and and I've talked about it a lot. You know, here we make these things super airtight, and then the you know we don't even have enough room for the air to wash over windows and move moisture around and all that. Do you really think we're getting Betty better at it? And my next part of the question is: Do you really think the consumer wants that in terms of the feedback you've heard? Everybody is wanting to have a healthy house. I mean, that's an easier sell than that zero. It's an easier sell than efficiency. But you have to understand that I don't think we're getting better. I think we're getting worse. And it's not because our houses are too tight and they're under underventilated. It's that dilution is not the solution to indoor pollution. It's got to be source control. And you know, you there's been no correlation between ventilation rates and indoor contaminants such as VOCs. So how is that? Well, because there's no uniform source strength. Uh, in other words, if you have more VOCs in this particular house than this other house, and you're ventilating with the same rate, you're going to have a whole different level of contaminants. In order to say, well, let's do the worst case, it becomes insanely inefficient. And for all kinds of political and policy reasons, um, people aren't going to the source control. You realize that the MSDS sheets don't actually tell you what's in a product. They only tell you if this particular product from this bad list is there. The manufacturers are not, the manufacturers are not required to uh, tell you everything that's in their product because they view that as a trade secret. And it would be just nice to know what's in the product. Yeah, I remember, uh, you know, I was with one of the major paint manufacturers, number two in the world, um, I remember when we were what I called playing the game, there was, we wanted a low VOC paint. We took out these, we put in those. And I was asking one of the chemists and they said, well, all we did, we didn't make a better product. We didn't make a product that's more healthy. What we did was as the EPA adjusted their list, 
we went with the things that we could use on the list that said we were great. And that year, Glidden put out a paint that went into Home Depot and it was a no VOC paint, but it had a warning label that pregnant women could not occupy the house for something like two weeks. I'm thinking, wow, we have really gone over here. Well, it, you know, and, and then some of the some of the stuff that we've been adding to the paints actually cause serious problems. Like if you have an electronic air cleaner, you break down the paints and uh, remember the octoisothiazolene stuff. Um, basically, uh, it was a paint additive to uh, as a mildicide. It was only supposed to it was only supposed to be put in outside paint. Except if you are brewing paint, sometimes you're using the outside stuff in your inside mixture, and it was, it, was, it, was, it, it caused the uh, paint to smell like sulfur dioxide. I called it the case of the farting walls. We actually had a lot of returns at Big Orange when that came out. People were saying, hey, why is my bedroom smelling like a diaper? <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was not a good time for us, I can tell no, you that. But, well, the, well, no, it, and, and the easy problem was repaint, repaint, and sin no more. <laughs> <laughs> I remember telling people that, and we sold a lot of kills at that point so that we could actually seal up the walls. No, anyway, I, sorry, I, we're probably way off topic, but I've enjoyed the half of the conversation. <laughs> I love it. We service the insulation contractor, the spray foam contractor, the building performance guys. If you could make the perfect insulator or contractor, what would they look like? What would they always do? Go to the house first and look around before they sell anything and tell them what to do. And it's not complicated. Go to the freaking house. And, and, and what are you looking for? You'll know it when you see it. Like, whoa, I've never seen anything like this before. Oh, boy. It's actually excellent marketing. We'd like to go have a look at your house. There's no charge for this. We just want to walk around the house. It'll take, you know, 15 minutes. You know, remember Miracle on 34th Street? You know, the the christmas movie where you had kimball's and Macy's and sant and santa claus the santa claus sometimes would send them to the competitor store simply because that little product that we didn't have actually will work better and you breed tremendous loyalty are you, are you kidding me you actually our stuff works great here but this piece over here could be something else and so you're you're you know you're you're then the expert you're not you're not a pimp for your product. You're a revered advisor on helping solve a particular problem and making things better. It's amazing. I, uh, you know, in our business, I guess I watch too many old movies. I, we, we, we recommend some people to our competitors. Well, why? Well, they're better at it than, than we are in this, but we're really good in this. And then I get the call. Why, why did you, What's wrong with the client? I mean, wh why did you send them our way? I said, well, you folks are actually good at this. <sighs> it's awesome. Yeah, work work with the people you know. You know, obviously there's a trade deficit and we're not going to be doing this forever. I, I, you know, I would love to say that vitamins help, but there's not, there's a point I'm not doing this anymore. Do you see youth coming into the trades? Are you, what do you see? And, you know, I know obviously your daughter is doing a great job of uh, luring 
more youth into her space. But as a whole, when you think of building science, insulation, air sealing, you know, the envelope, do you see people coming to you guys or do you see youth coming to the trades? Why are you going to pay 200, 300 grand for an arts degree at a university that rips you off and you're never going to be able to pay it off when you can make double and triple your money actually using your brain and working with your hands. It's, 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 ama- it's amazingly rewarding. You mentioned it before. Do you feel we're building too tight? No. Okay. I, I don't think we are. I, I, I just think that you can build, you can't build too tight. You can underventilate, but I don't think we're underventilating. I think we're overventilating and it's not helping us because we're putting too much bad stuff in it. You know, dilution is not the solution to indoor pollution. It's the source control. And the higher ventilation rates actually hurt us in, in a modern quote house. Well, why? Well, because in mixed humid and hot humid climates, the air conditioning systems don't run enough to dehumidify. So we have to, so we have to basically put in dehumidification. In cold climates, where our ventilation rates are too, are too high, the houses get uncomfortably dry, and we have to now humidify. And humidifiers, I view as bioweapons. I mean, they basically aerosolize, you know, mold and stuff. If 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 ISIS wanted to destroy America, they would say ventilate at ASHRAE standard sixty two two rates, and and put in a cheap, crappy humidifier. Yeah, that that certainly helped raise the spore level. <laughs> well, sure. So, so you know, remember that line in. And the graduate, the future is plastics. Well, the future is humidifiers, dehumidifiers, and energy recovery ventilators. Um, that's, you know. I don't disagree with that. We're almost to the point. Well, I'll ask you, do, do you think uh, almost everywhere needs a dehumidifier at this point? Well, everywhere in, 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 in mixed humid and hot humid climates that are built to the 2018 IECC. Yes. And of course, what people are doing is they're reducing the ventilation rate to try to compensate. And then when we go to, you know, the one from R30 to R38 to even more in ceilings in, in hot, humid, and mixed humid climates, the closets get colder. And so now we have moldy closets. And so now we need to provide ventilation in the closets and the code doesn't allow you to have a return in the closet. It's, it's, you know, code causes a problem and then doesn't let you fix the problem. I have feeds in all my closets, but returns are in the main bedroom. And so you walk in the closet in the summer, you know, in August and my gosh, it's gotta be 58 in there. Yeah. It's freaking cold. And it's, 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 you know, mold and mildew heaven. So I've been trying to get, the code to allow returns in closets. And we created a workaround with, believe it or not, a pretty awesome rock and roll building official in Florida. We put in a closet ventilation system. See, if you don't connect it to your air conditioning system, you're allowed to put in uh, a fan that pulls air out of four closets. So, and you dump that air back into the common area. So it's not your HVAC system. It's a closet ventilation system, which is legal. 
That's insane, but it's a workaround. <laughs> well, you know, you're doing crazy things to fix crazy problems. I, I do want to go back to one thing because a lot of people may not understand what you mean. So source control. Basically, what you're saying is if you stop putting in bad stuff, sorry, I was searching for an adjective, uh, you won't have bad things. Well, what's important is what kind of stuff is in the stuff that you put in your house. And there's two approaches. One is don't put stuff in the stuff. The other is the stuff that you put in the stuff needs to stay in the stuff. Not complicated. So you have stuff that is stable. It does not off-gas. Or you have stuff that can off-gas, but nothing that off-gasses is bad. And it's, it's really... It's really not complicated. Now, usually, if it smells bad, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, because they don't tell us stuff, we learned tricks a long time ago. And let me let me tell you, this is gonna I'm gonna lose all complete credibility, but that's okay. I, I'm I'm you know, this year my Toronto Maple Leafs are gonna win the Stanley Cup, and I don't care anymore. I've oh, there goes your credibility again. I don't care. So you <laughs> you you get a you get a a mason jar, you know, a glass jar. And you put your material that you want to know in it. And then you put a little bit of water in it, put the lid and put it outside in the sun for two or three days. And then you take the lid off and you sniff it. And if you fall over, it's bad stuff. <laughs> Don't use it. Don't use it. <laughs> you know, ooh, ooh, it's icky. Well, you know, icky is we can't write icky in a report, so we call it nonspecific odor. So whenever you see the words nonspecific odor in one of my reports, it was one of my youngsters saying, ooh, it's icky. <laughs> so what are we now doing right? Are, are there any new bad habits we've created, or have we gotten everything right? I, I think we're overventilating. Okay. And, and I, I don't disagree with that because – just bringing in outside really doesn't necessarily help. You, you mentioned in the North, you know, it's a good way to start getting yourself shocked by walking across the carpet, but in the South, we're bringing in wet air. Yeah. Well, lots of wet air, but, but here, okay. Here's the way I was taught in the seventies and it hasn't changed. What you do is you use source control for the building and dilution for people. So you ventilate for the bioeffluent given off by people because you can't do source control on people. Well, Mrs. Kosnowski, you got too many kids, four of them have to move out. Yeah, yeah, move them out. Can't you don't you know, <laughs> there's so, source control. Yeah, but 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 you know, think you know, a human being is an evaporatively cooled, unvented combustion appliance, right? We we Say burn that again. Humans are evaporatively cooled, unvented combustion appliances. Outstanding. We, we, we burn a hydrocarbon called food, and we generate two products of combustion, carbon dioxide and water vapor. And some of us, odors. And where do we vent? Well, some of us backdraft. The point is, is that... <laughs> so we are basically emitting bioeffluents. And so we need to dilute that. And we know what the right number is. The right number is between 5 and 7 CFM per person. So just 
my original stuff, which is multiply it, you know, the, the occupancy by 10. So back in the old days, it was occupancy was the number of bedrooms plus, plus one. one. Yeah. You know, so three bedroom, four, four times 10, 40 CFF, and you're done. And you should distribute it and mix it. And then focus on source control. And the important sources are the ones that will kill you, you handle first, right? So carbon monoxide poisoning, sealed combustion from water heaters and furnaces, and make sure that you have a correct vent over your gas cooktop if you're cooking with gas. And that's number one. And number two, then you deal with soil gases and pesticides. So radon and soil gases. And so you handle that. And then what's left? Well, it's this the stinky stuff in, in the house. And I mean, we had all kinds of problems with uh, urea formaldehyde finishes on cabinets and floors. And we kind of sorted that out. Um, now we need to deal with the stuff that's usually in furniture. And, and you know, our building materials aren't so bad. It's, it's, it's the furnishings and the stuff that we, we bring into the house after we turn it over. So it's a, I don't view it as a construction issue. I view it more as a, uh, apply and, you know, people stuff issue. And, and some people are getting really good at buying stuff that isn't bad. Uh, and some people, you know, don't care, you know, fair enough. But so there's a long winded way of saying, you know, source control for the building and dilution for the people. And that's the right way to do it. So where do you see the greatest opportunity in retrofit? I know I look at, I split it into commercial and residential, but where do you see the greatest opportunity? Windows, windows, and windows. Basements, 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 attics, attics, and attics. And crawl spaces. Um, well, basements, crawl spaces. You know, where, where, the, where the building touches the ground, followed by where the building touches the sky. Um, but the holes in the building first, which are windows, then where the building touches the ground, then where the building touches the sky. Why in that order? Because we do a much better job of building roofs in this country than we do in foundations. And a lot of, and a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of the people are beginning to insulate their buildings and heavily insulate them. And that reduces drying potentials because the older buildings would get wet, but they would dry and wetting followed by drying has never been a problem. Uh, Wetting followed by little or no drying is a problem. And so when we change the energy flow and we reduce it, the drying potential is reduced. I mean, you need energy for drying to occur. And so those old buildings were energy pigs and they survived because they were energy pigs. They got wet and they dried because of the energy flow. You change the energy flow and you have to, you're reducing the drying potential. So you have to intervene and reduce the wetting potential. Um, two out of every 10 windows leak, maybe three out of every 10 windows leak. And windows are like people. As windows and people get old, we leak. So, you know, get used to it, young man. That leakage we used to not care about, we called it incidental water because it leaked a little bit. Yeah, relax, who cares? The energy will dry, and it did. You then change the energy flow, that incidental water is no longer incidental. So where do we focus? I focus on the biggest risk first. So that would be 
the windows, the foundations, and the roofs as we insulate. That's my yeah. my way of looking at it. It's funny because I get asked a lot. Uh, about drilling and filling walls, things like that. And I try and tell them, you know, a lot of the walls are neutral pressure plane, but really walls have so little transfer compared to night sky cooling and the constant stack effect that goes both directions. I was telling a guy on the phone yesterday, you know, you open a door in Texas in the summer and cold hits you in the face. That tells me heat's coming down from the top into those upper bedrooms and making them saunas. You know, in the winter, you open the door from the inside and you feel the cold come in and hit you. That's because the heat's now going that direction. So I, I often talk about sealing the top, sealing the bottom and walking away. I just know that if I'm drilling holes in all kinds of walls and trying to fill those walls where I can't see, it can create even more issues. And then I'm in someone's house for a very long time and there can be a tendency to go sideways with them. I don't disagree with you on that, but, let me throw out a little variable. Most people are replacing windows, all right? And if you're taking the window out, it's a spectacular opportunity to properly pan flash it. And so because we're focusing, because the windows happen for other reasons besides just energy, all right? And so we may as well put the window in a way when we're, re- we're putting in a new window and replacing the window, we put it in such a way that we can insulate up the wazoo and the wall later. Uh, wazoo is a metric term. It's two yin-yangs, just to convert it. To, you know, in case there are Canadians listening, we, it's the metric yin-yang wazoo conversion. Anyway, so we're preparing to, ins- we're able to now safely insulate those walls because we've handled the incidental water. Now, ask me if I was going to then insulate the walls. The answer is no. I would deal with where the building touches the ground and where the building touches the sky. So I'm only doing, I'm doing the windows first simply because the windows are typically done first. And then I focus on exactly where you go for the reasons you said. Well, and you, you've mentioned it a couple of times, you know, where it touches the ground. How important is sealing the rim joist? Because if, if you follow what happened in Georgia, where now, you know, there, we're not able to use permanent insulation in rim joists. We're, uh, we've got two sides of the house where you won't be able to reach up there and air seal with anything. But they're saying that the pest control guys are going to come in, pull out the bats, push the bats in, and that's going to work great. Uh, my fear is, you know, fine in a Southern climate where it's going to be hot most of the time, but I don't want a cold rim joist in a winter climate. I, I just, I look at that, the base of the building as being extremely important. So just quick thought on that. It was a dumb idea. The pest industry is populated by people that don't understand physics. The, you know, the problem is, is that we offered them options and alternatives on how to provide inspection and not destroy um, the building. There's no reason that the inspection location couldn't happen at the bottom of the crawl space wall. There's absolutely no reason why it couldn't happen at the bottom of the crawl space wall. Um, and, you know, we, I, I, I didn't want to get involved in that fight. I'm trying to, in my older age, I'm trying to be a nice 
a nice grand grandpa, you know, the friendly grandpa, not, not, not. Oh, not well, we'll give you a better question. What do you think of vented crawl spaces? Well, you can have a vented crawl space and you can have an unvented condition crawl space. Both, both work. The unvented condition crawl space tends to be more energy efficient, but I probably want, wouldn't want to build one of those where we have floods. And so I want to have a vented crawl space when we're building on a swap or where we have the flooding. And what's real important is when you have a vented crawl space, you don't want that vented crawl space to communicate at all, at all with the interior. Um, so, you know, the, the problem with crawl spaces is, 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 is very, very simple. You want to either completely connect the crawl space to the house or completely connect the crawl space to the outside. When you have crawl spaces that are partially connected to the inside and the outside, you're doomed. Now, um, I know you're in the, the foam business. Ha, 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 ha. When you're doing an unvented, when you're doing a vented crawl space and you spray your, your foam in the, in, the, in the underside of the floor, it can only be closed cell. Thank you. Two pound density closed freaking cell, or I'm going to hunt you down and say bad things about you. The second thing that you want to do is you want to, I cover the entire underside then with fiber cement sheets because I want to keep the animals and critical critters out of it. So you want to, we call it a protection board. And so I know, you know, I work with all of the insulations. Uh, mm-hmm. I love all of them. As do we. We sell everything. And I have a, I have a, I have a, on our website, I have a residential spray foam guide and I show how you can do crawl spaces built, vented and conditioned and unvented with spray foam and the details are there, but I both work. If I am in a, in a reasonably dry place, water, I have low risk of flood. I always go to the uh, unvented conditioned crawl space. Always. That's my that's my go-to solution all the time. Well, and I like uh, Colette's, uh, you know, the L.A. house or University of Louisiana, when they didn't have the ability to do spray foam, they were still using foam board across the bottom, creating an entire belly band, taping, sealing everything, and then putting fiberglass up in the rafters. I like that as well, but I, I love what you said. You're either going to be completely connected to the house or completely disconnected from the house yeah, and, and and claudia is going to beat you up it wasn't the la house it's not in los angeles it's no. la house la house and la house. true she's, louisiana she's <laughs> she will beat me up she's a, she's a cajun she is not you know a hollywood babe from the valley okay she's gonna say i pulled a kuyan you pulled a kuyan <laughs> <laughs> so um should every building if, if you're not going to foam the roof deck and move mechanical inside or you don't have mechanical in the attic, should every building have a top plate gasket or a closed attic assembly, one or the other? Yes. Okay. You want, you want them to be tighter than a Scotsman in a bar. That is an understandable term. Uh, 
so we're looking at funding and I know, you know, the, the way of the public often funds what money's out there. Uh, what are your thoughts? Do you think that they're ever going to get the bill through to encourage, I, I know where you're at, the state encourages uh, weatherization, fixing the building envelope, you know, uh, building performance, but do you, this build back program and the bills that they keep putting before Congress, do you uh, get any inkling on whether or not that's ever going to go through for the industry? Well, all right. Look, it, under the current arrangement, those bills stand no chance of making it through the Senate. Um, and the problem with them is, you know, let's say that we actually had um, bipartisanship and people weren't peeing all over each other's legs. There's too much crap in that bill that shouldn't be in it. And it's killing the chances. Now, should there be a bipartisan bill that helps improve the performance of existing buildings? The answer is absolutely. Um, I, you know, there are parts of that, of the bill um, that are quite spectacular. And the trouble is, is that there's so much crap associated that with the bill that it hurts it. And that's why it's never going to make it through. And you're not going to ever see the uh, 60 vote thing in the Senate change. It's just not going to happen. And so there's no way that it's going to go through right now. There'll be a change in the midterms. And, you know, everybody knows that that's coming. And then let's, when that happens, I would hope that the Republicans don't be assholes about it and actually demonstrate some willingness to have reach hands across the aisle, so to speak. There are no hands, you know, they're throwing rocks at each other right now, and it's an embarrassment. I mean, come on, we're, we, as the United States of America and Americans, we're, we're better than throwing rocks at each other. And there's, there's going to be a, a change. Let's hope when the change happens, one side will demonstrate some courtesy, and that'll have the other side demonstrate courtesy, and maybe we can get some stuff done. So it's a long-winded way saying that I think we'll get there. But we're not going to get there for another year or two. And um, if you're serious about climate change, buildings are in the front line. And the stuff that's in the ground right now is the really important stuff that we have to face or deal with. I agree with that. We're already building decent buildings. We need to worry about the building stock we have. And let me uh, let me throw in one more thing. <laughs> so COVID we got the Harvard School of Public Health and a whole bunch of people saying you need 40 to 60% relative humidity year-round. Do you have any idea what that is going to do to existing houses and climate zones five and higher? You're going to rot That's a lot up. of moisture. Well, there's no way. You're going to kill the houses. So, okay, well, you, you want to kill the people or kill the houses? And so my suggestion has been, and I'm... I've got an ASHRAE journal column running next month, which is called Covert COVID Thoughts. And uh, I'm saying, look, you can, in 12 months of the year, 
for eight months, you'll be able to have the 40 to 60%. And then for four months, you're going to have to have a lower number. So the idea is you save the people for eight months and save the building for two to four months. And you'll be able to run it down to maybe 25% to 30% relative humidity for the coldest part. Um, And then as the weather warms up, um, you'll be able to raise the interior relative humidity correspondingly. I think 30 is a pretty astute goal, we'll say, for, you know, Montana in the winter. Well, we can achieve that if you, and and, um, in a new house, you can't achieve Mm -hmm. that in Montana in an existing house right now, just letting you know. And so um, we've already in control interior relative humidity in commercial buildings based on exterior temperature. And I'm saying we should do the same thing residentially and um, establish it based on what the building can, can actually take. And um, that's a big deal. Um, the COVID people are also saying, let's increase ventilation. And I'm saying you guys are nuts or you guys and girls are nuts because that's going to have a real, real stress on humidification needs in the north and dehumidification in the south. And I'm saying increase filtration, recirculation, but don't increase air change. And be and you know, danger will Robinson danger. That's a television show that they ruined when they made it into a movie uh, about the interior relative humidity in cold climates during the winter. I think that's very wise. Well, Joe, I I do want to throw out a plug for you. So you are still teaching building science principles and uh, that kind of stuff online now, correct? Yes. Uh, Two things, because I just want to show that I can do a little bit of marketing. I have a new book. What is the new book? Moisture Control for Residential Buildings. I like it. And do they get that at buildingscience.com? Yeah, and Cold Climate Builder's Guide. I've rewritten, I've rewritten them. The uh, hardcover I originally wrote as the moisture control handbook. I originally wrote it in 1990, 1991. So I've learned a little bit in the 30 years, 30, 30 freaking years ago. I've learned a little bit. I'd call that an update. Yeah. And and this one is 10 years old and I've, uh, the cold climate will be available in, 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 in the spring because we can't get anybody to print anything. <laughs> well, Joe, thank you again for your time today. Thank you so much for what you've done for our industry. And I do want to come back for a 15-minute podcast on the story of your choice. No questions, just the story of your choice. I prefer killing Congress, but, you know, hey, well, any I, story you want. No, I, so, I, 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 that, that's the one that uh, I would share with you. Oh, awesome. I will set that up. I, I really look forward to that. And guys, you should too. I'm telling you, go to buildingscience.com. The amount of resources there are unbelievable. Thank you for listening today. And we look forward to talking to you again next time around. <laughs>